0: The second episode is called The Art of War. Can yeah. we calm down? It's hats. <laughs> trucker hats. No. Uh,
1: Can like, we there's, relax? there's 80 points in the, these last two episodes where I'm like, it's jeans. It's, 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 it's jeans. We do, it's
0: just bridge. <laughs> it, they're trucker hats. Like, <laughs> get a grip.
1: Hi, Julia Benzavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. Oh, fam. If you're looking for more Jillian and me, all I ask is that you kindly join us on the Patreon. Please RSVP. Please RSVP. Because it's
0: a party and everyone's invited is it what we're going to say.
1: Look, it's 350 full ad-free bonus apps. There's so much amazing stuff there. The bad vegan one. Yes. The whole thing about John Wayne Gacy where I was like, I would have fallen victim to that because I thought he was charming. It's
0: the Gacy thing on Peacock because yeah. there are a few Gacy things now.
1: You're right. I also like the one, the Menendez murders one where it was like Eric basically narrating the documentary on a payphone from prison. Yes, because it it's, like,
0: it's Eric Tells All is Eric it's Tells Oh. Yeah. We did Wild Crime, Love Fraud, yeah. uh, Relentless. Oh, all
1: the culty ones. What was
0: the- Heaven's Gate and The Vow. Wild Wild Country. Wild Wild Country. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: Somebody was just talking to me about that one the other day. That one was crazy. Sheila.
0: Sheila. Tough titties, Sheila. <laughs> Tough
1: titties. She sucks. She does suck. Sheila sucks. It's also ad-free versions of these episodes. There's a tier where we send you some stuff. There's a tier where we do after parties twice yeah. a month.
0: So like little surprises. It's just a party. And guess
1: what? We If we haven't already, we are uploading our- full live show from Obsessed Fest Ooh. onto the Patreon for the Pates family to see.
0: Well, I'm just saying that. It's, yeah. it's a sight to see, A <laughs> CJ from the West Wing would yes, say. Yes,
1: absolutely. All right, girl. What are we talking about today? We are
0: talking about our second half of our coverage of The Curse of the Von Dutch from yes. Hulu. So we're going to be covering episodes two and three. Because we had a lot to say about episode we one. We really did. Most of it was about Paris Hilton. If uh, you haven't listened, go back. Look, here. they showed her for the first 30 seconds and then we haven't seen her since. I know. She does come back in these last I two I was kind of
1: like, is that all? No. No, she's got more But to they say. did
0: brand it like it was Paris Hilton telling us the story. I, I know.
1: Okay? Look, when Paris Hilton officially introduces herself, I've got a lot to say.
0: Oh, boy. She says the word I hate or is it a two-word hyphenate? I don't know, I, but I don't like it.
1: No, we're with that guy. Remember where we left off? They needed an investor, and this guy Peter is coming in? No, uh, Tony. This guy Tony? (laughs) This guy Tony is coming in?
2: He's a ruthless guy. He doesn't have any spiritual faith. He just does what he wants. He's lawless, you know? I was looking for investors who would just have enough money that it wasn't a big deal.
0: Tony Sorensen, he is fucking rich. Yeah, this guy. But
1: we find out eventually it's his fucking wife's money.
0: Yeah. Who did he marry? Someone who's rich, some, I guess. Some rich lady. But he's sitting down. Like this interview takes place in a room where he's surrounded by motorcycles on shelves. I know. Not many he has motorcycles. Like nine. It's like, like three by three motorcycles. You can ride, yes. drives, you drive or ride. A I, motorcycle? Who knows? Doesn't matter. I'm never doing either. They are life size motorcycles <laughs> and like vintage cars. Is in perfect, pristine condition. This guy is rich. Can I?
1: You just made me think of a story. My dad, my mom's girlfriend Terry, yes. would every year my mom's birthday would rent a Harley for her <gasps> because my mom was like one of those lesbians who wanted to have a motorcycle but could never afford one, and probably would never have like ridden it around. But every year for her birthday, they would rent a fucking Harley. So
0: once a year, she'd get on a motorcycle, yeah.
1: <gasps> and Terry would drive. And my mom would sit behind and hold her by the That's waist. That's really sweet. Oh, lesbians, I love you.
0: I love you, lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I don't know why we were watching but i remember asking my mom have you ever ridden on a motorcycle and she was like yes i was like what is that story some neighbor had one and they went around the block a couple times that's the end of the story oh, my but of course barb. god forbid if i, I ever want to get home, i don't <laughs> totally. i'm not interested but she it was one of those moments those parenting moments where i like we're like do yeah. i lie uh, <laughs> do i tell the truth
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, you're 25 right but it's
0: one of those like hmm. and i'm like well i'm doing it if i want I- to there's nothing you can do, Barb. Don't oh, worry. I don't. Dead. I don't want
2: to. I know. I have
0: no interest. <laughs> Fine. So anyway, also this guy.
1: What's his name? Tony Sorensen. I have Peter. I don't know why. Oh but boy. But this guy. This guy Tony is surrounded by the signed hats of the quote celebrities that would come into the store that he thought were so fucking cool. Yeah, we're talking Doctor Phil, Boo. R Kelly, Boo! Mickey
0: O'Rourke. He even says like, "Oh shit, let's put that R Kelly." I know. Also, Doctor Phil is fucking trash.
1: Yeah, get better hats, or I know. don't show the Doctor Phil. I know. Also, can you imagine that bald doofus in a fucking Von Dutch hat? Well, that yeah, what a loser. I
0: know. <laughs> also, like dangerous misinformation. I know. But a loser. He's like he's That's like the Doctor Oz
1: of the of the other daytime.
0: Thanks Oprah for both of them. I know. We have Oprah to thank. Please don't yell at Oprah. Please don't She did th- vet I- your <laughs> people, Oprah. Now okay. we have to deal with Dr. Oz I and know. Dr. Phil. Neither of them are actual doctors I by know. the way. I know. Thanks a lot, Oprah. I know. God. Wait, but the, uh, something about Tony. Yeah. He was born and raised in Copenhagen, right? But he's a martial arts champion.
3: Oh my god. Like, Is he, he ever He
0: could chop us both in half.
3: I became a black belt at 17. And I saw that another Dutch guy became a world champion. So I believe that a European guy could be the world champion now.
0: So Tony was a black belt at 17 years old. He can kick all of our asses. Yeah. Oh, also, Mike Cassell wants
1: to correct the record. It's not Tony. It's Tani.
0: <laughs> I know. But Tony, Well, it's, it's because Tawny. it's spelled T-O-N-N-Y. T-O-N-N-Y. Yeah. And he's from Denmark. I don't know. But to- Tawny calls himself Tony.
1: Yes, I know, but you know what? It's Tawny. It's I don't Tawny. make the rules.
0: Okay, fine. But you know,
1: Mike is saying that, like, this guy's fucking ruthless. Now, I was all teed up to not like this guy. I really like him.
0: Because Tony Are we going with Tawny or Tony? No, I'm, I'm going with Tawny. Right. You know where I'm going. All right. Well, because he says <laughs> nice things about Mike. He's like, yeah. look, the guy was super authentic. He was, like, curious about you. He really, like, asked questions and, like, really listened to what you had to say. Cut to Mike, who's like, he was an arrogant asshole. Total <laughs> stereotype. I hated him. And I'm like, see, now Tawny's coming out on top here. <laughs> <laughs> because he's the one who's Here like what? you call him Tani's worth all of this. He's like, What I have nothing against the guy and then he lets Mike dig his own grave it's by true. talking shit. It's true. Also that's the way to play it. Uh,
1: of course. But
0: I have nothing against him. I'm them.
1: sorry, but Tony knows the game. You know what I, I mean? I feel like I want to call him Tony. No, but I Because him you
0: know so what much. a stickler I am for saying everyone's I names know. right. But he says Tony.
1: Well, you do you.
0: I am going to do me, which means I'm going to do both. Okay, great. <laughs> Playing all sides. Mike is saying,
1: look, I was looking for an investor who had enough money that it wouldn't be a big deal. He wouldn't be super hands-on. Because, again, Mike is like this idiot savant. He's like a real genius at this shit. Yeah. That's what that means, right?
0: Uh Sort of. Okay. I don't think. It's, I think we've moved away from yeah. idiots savant oh, in the last several years.
1: I can't say anything. No, you can't. But the point is, Mike just wanted someone to come in and be like, "I believe in you, kid. Here's a billion dollars. I'll check in on you in a year." Right. And that's not
0: Tony's style. Right. His name is Tony. I'm switching to Tony, I think, because <laughs> everyone else calls him Tony. Even Mike Cassell eventually calls him I Tony. No, know, I know. You know, I was obsessed with this all day. Uh, what yes. What the hell are we is it, Tony call him? or Tony? I know. I you too, I went down such a rabbit hole I wasted so much time today and now we're doing this <laughs> oh no oh no they're all dead oh, God. but
1: Tony's fine we get Tony's backstory we go back to Denmark
3: I'm born and raised in Copenhagen my parents got a divorce when I was 10 years old as a kid I always had this survival thing and finally when I was 12 years old I saw a Bruce Lee movie enter the dragon and that just blew my mind this mentality has to be adopted somehow Martial arts is an art. It's an art form. It's the way of living. He, like, got
1: really into martial arts and, like, was sort of like, I'm gonna take the martial arts thing, like, all the way. I'm gonna make it a way of life. I'm gonna become a fucking champion. And he does.
0: Right. And then he's like, well, maybe I'll just make it in Hollywood. Like, those other big, muscly guys. Because, like, Arnold and Jean-Claude Van Damme. And
1: those fucking idiots. But, yeah. like, at first, like, you're, like, that's such a stupid idea. Why would you do that? And then you're like, oh, no. Like, yeah. I could see why you would think that. And
0: it doesn't happen.
1: He comes and does, like, a bunch of B movies, which yeah. would be enough for the likes of, like, me. Right. If I was given a lead role in one B movie, I would never See you again.
0: I know, never again. I'd be doing this by myself. I've been saying that a lot lately. Do you have something you want to tell me? Are you Doing Revenge of the Nerds seventeen. Yes, Yes. you know that would be huge. Anyway,
1: totally. Everything you touch, gold. (laughs) But yeah, I'm like, the B-movies weren't good enough for Tawny.
0: Because he says he was like, you know, I was big on winning and discipline and yeah. being a champion. Like that, everything that's instilled in you when you yeah. do martial arts. Yeah. Like I know that. Right. But, <laughs> so he's kind of lost. Like the, the Hollywood dreams didn't work out. And he was like, I don't know what to do. I really love Cadillacs though. So he
1: goes to work on this Cadillac situation. And we meet this guy. I didn't write his name down. I didn't think it was important. But we learn his lower third. He's like a car repair legend.
0: Yeah. He's like a
1: like literally a legend that for repairing cars. You can be famous for anything. Anything. Look what we do? Right?
0: Remember that guy who's a professor of things you read on the internet? Yes,
1: hundred percent. You know what? Follow your bliss, everybody. But at this car repair place, the car repair legend guy, they're all wearing like greasy, grimy Von Dutch shirts, and Tawny is totally into it. Right. So now everyone meets. Can we move yeah. on? This is getting. We're in the weeds already with this. Everyone like they all meet and they all hate each other. That's the end of this. Is Paris Hilton back?
0: No, not oh, yet. Oh
1: God. But wait, are we gonna say that Tawny bought fifty one percent of the company
0: from Mike? Oh yeah, he's now the CEO and Mike was the creative director. Which I'm like, okay, that yeah, makes sense. Tony has the money, he's the business, and Mike can just do his thing. And I, it's good that Mike has retained the forty
1: nine percent, but to give up fifty one, I hope it was a lot of fucking money, Mike. I think it had to be. I guess the guy
0: has motorcycles on shelves.
1: It's true, but I'm like, you are bad at business, Mike. I like I you're know. good at, and I don't blame you. I am also bad at business, but you just didn't get yourself a Steve like I told you to. I know,
0: or a lawyer, maybe. <laughs> right? Until it was too late.
3: Yeah, until it's too late. So
0: we start meeting a couple more people that that Tony brought in. Like he starts building a team.
3: There's a handful of pillars. I had that I could lean up against, and Caroline was one of them, right?
4: When I started at Von Dutch, it was kind of like bringing me back to my creative roots. I knew about cars, and I knew about motorcycles, and had a music background. I originally started as the store manager and then moved into general manager and eventually was the vice president of marketing.
0: So Catherine Rothwell, who's now the VP of marketing, sitting at a bar drinking, what, Fingers crossed is moonshine. <laughs> have
1: you ever had moonshine? Yeah. Is it good? Horrible. Okay.
0: <laughs> I've had plain moonshine. You could smell it from across the Oh my room. God, it's like really? It's horrifying.
1: <gasps> I'm, all, I'm telling you, if I ever go to prison, I'm going to make the good prison wine. Yeah. I know I'm going to it. And I've had it
0: legit, like from South Carolina. I've probably oh, said too
1: much. I thought you meant like prison wine. No, no,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> Not yet. Um, we also meet Niels Jewel and he's like, or Yule, if you want to be Viking about it. And I'm like, yeah. you know what, Niels? I think I'll be Viking about I it. I didn't think Niels was going
1: to have a big part in this. He comes back a lot towards the end. He's but- the VP of international sales. He's like the money guy. Tawny loves him because they understand Danish jokes together. Yeah, they're buddies. They're, bu- they're totally... They're buds. They're like the boring old white guys that always find each other at the Christmas party.
0: Right, but like, frankly, I'm sorry, I'm never like rooting for the old white guys, uh-huh. but this company needed their it's, expertise. You're absolutely <laughs> like, right about I'm that. Not, you know, like, that's really... Like, because honestly, what was Paris
1: going to wear to Moomba? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sushi Sama. <Totally. laughs> God, uns,
4: uns. I can hear the music. Ugh, horrible. Everyone, Everyone's saying, like, at first, everyone kind of balanced each other out. Tony really admired Mike's ability to see the value in things that maybe others did not. And he trusted that in him. Mike really appreciated his ability to kind of run free and not have to be under the thumb of someone. I think it was symbiotic, the relationship there.
0: Everyone, like, had the right job. They were good at it. It seems to be working. Here. I
1: love that. I love that, like, Mike got to just focus on the creative. Tani got to focus on the money. Neil's got to focus on being Danish.
0: Right. Every, you know? Everyone is Doing really, what they love. Right. 100%. <laughs> totally.
1: Now, Tawny all of a sudden has to start spending a lot of money.
0: Tawny has put in a million dollars.
1: Yeah, Tawny's put in a million dollars. And then Mike's brother wants to be bought out to the tune of $260,000.
0: And Tawny buys him out, no questions asked.
1: But you know what? It's a good for Tawny. Like, if Tony's like, course. really seeing where this company is going, now he owns more of it. Right. Then Mike wants to buy, like, a brick-and-mortar store. So Tawny does that. Right. He's just, like, throwing it. It's also not Tawny's money. He's throwing his wife's money away. Right.
0: But he's giving money to everyone and everything.
3: I kept throwing money left and right at trade shows, Distribution-wise, paying salaries and rent. I'm putting the money in to build the company, but there was no sales.
0: Unfortunately, there's one major problem. There's there no, no sales.
1: sales. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> He's saying like in 2001, the company is in the hole $270,000. Great. It's a lot of money. Perfect.
0: Now, I was thinking, I was like, where the hell is Bobby in all this? Because Bobby was there with Mike Cassell. Like, what's where is he? And the whole thing
1: about Bobby, so Bobby was the one who got, like, the Tommy Lee on the crib thing. The unreliable narrator. Yeah, his job was kind of, like, to be out in the world, like, making relationships. There's definitely some stuff missing here. Totally. Because, like, Bobby's like, I was out doing my job as far as I know. I'm going to clubs, I'm meeting the women. Then all of a sudden, Mike is like, yeah, I didn't really see Bobby much anymore. And all of
0: the corporate people were like, "Who, Bobby? Oh, Bobby never Vaughn. Even met they never even They never met him. They didn't know what he was doing so Bobby thinks that he's out there doing this really important like networking
1: and it takes them too long to tell us but Bobby owns 20% of this company yeah which is just like that's just crazy
0: but again like not enough paper and look I don't like paperwork it stresses me out but there's like how do people not know who Bobby Vaughn is like
1: in the company exactly speaking of Bobby Bobby and the girlfriend what's her name Eli Jane I have it as E-L-I, which is probably how you spell that, That's but L-I. I have this is Ellie. I don't know oh, why. Okay. But fine. Yeah, so Bobby and the girlfriend Ellie, they go on a road trip. Now remember, they're parents. They got a kid.
0: So this Mark Revis guy is back, remember? Mark Revis is the one from last episode
1: who got stabbed with the screwdriver, and then he killed that guy in the parking lot, and then they had like the big bro kind of gay hug in Mexico. And then they
0: ran off to Mexico, and so Mark Revis has been on the run. Yes. He is now back.
1: He was only then gone for nine months, but he came back and was sent to this juvenile prison that is like a fucking lord of the fly situation if Bobby is telling us the truth
0: right and so Bobby's like yeah he only did five years but for those five years he was totally tortured this prison according to Bobby it's
2: called the Chad Chad's is like gladiator school it's like the mini Pelican Bay it's like the worst ever YA you know they did these cage fights where they would actually like put them in a cage he had war braids like crazy looking he would just do some wild shit he would get a piece of steel from like metal shop it was a bone crusher and then it was like blood sport, man
1: The guards would like Put men in these cages Kids And watch them Beat each other to now, death No,
0: let me tell you If that were t- That would not surprise me I yeah. think prisons are a terrible Horribly scary place yeah. And we need to Totally revamp them yes. But this sounds like We need to get to the bottom of this Someone, someone I totally has to agree. fix it Robbie, I know you're very busy I know <laughs> But we know you get shit
1: done It's true So, come on They're saying that like He was so tortured In this place And he lived He doesn't know What happens to the guys That he thinks he killed
0: Well, Bobby said he was undefeated and also traumatized.
1: Oh my God.
0: So anyway, it's 2000 and this Mark guy is out of prison and moves in with Bobby, Eli Jane and their little baby. Now,
1: Eli and Aunt Bobby are here to say that like Mark and Bobby were incredibly close. That, like, Eli is like, he chose Mark over me
0: all the time. He's choosing Mark over work, but then he's bringing Mark into work. Well, Bobby feels indebted to Mark because Mark could have ratted Bobby out. Because it was Bobby's gun. Like, Bobby could have done time for this and he didn't. Right. So he feels super guilty. And now, like, you say close, I say toxic. Like, this Uh is a toxic, codependent relationship. Yeah, that's
1: what I meant. Like, there's no gay stuff happening here, but it's very unhealthy.
0: And there's, like, a power dynamic and Bobby feels guilty and Mark is really 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 exploiting that Uh and so Mark is like leaving his baby and his wife and his job and like whatever Mark says Bobby does it's just very codependent and we
1: also learn from Eli's own mouth that she's still struggling with her addiction so like she leaves Bobby
0: she says none of
4: us should be around this
0: baby none of us
4: I just left my son with him it's probably the best thing that happened to him as much as I hate to admit that I was not a fit parent but the truth is I wasn't I shouldn't have been around that child. I was smoking meth in the other room. Bobby shouldn't have been around that child.
1: And she leaves the baby with Bobby and Mark and Bobby is telling us the story about like there's like two men in a baby situation where he and Mark are like raising this it's kid together. Cute. It's not cute.
0: It's very dangerous and very scary. And I always think about how kids
1: have no power. Like that's the thing that keeps me up at night. Right. Like, and they're like little absorbing
0: little everything that's going on around yeah. them. It's like, and like ugh. I don't
1: doubt that Bobby loved his kid. Like you can love your kid and not be good for them.
0: But like you're making bad decisions every second of the day it seems like. Totally. Your, your ex-wife is now saying that. Your co-workers who barely know you. Also, other people like in the industry, in the scene, they were like, that Bobby Mark thing was fucking bad.
1: And this is what I don't get. Mark, all of a sudden, is start, Mark, like the newcomer here, is feeling, Mark, the toxic friend. The toxic <laughs> friend is feeling all this ownership over Bobby's business interest in Von Dutch.
0: Because Bobby would like walk into work with Mark, yeah. who you know, Mark is like, you owe me this, Bobby. You uh-huh, owe me this. I did all uh-huh. this time. I was in that fucking cage. And so would walk into Von Dutch and be like, here's my business associate. It's right. so like childish and immature and, and stupid.
1: it's fucking crazy. So, like, Bobby is feeling disrespected. Mark is, like, is getting on Bobby. Like, why are you letting them disrespect you like this? In January 2002, Bobby and Mark take a meeting with Tawny. It's the first time that Tawny's meeting either of them.
3: The first time I met Bobby was when he went to the office with a black briefcase and his friend Mark. This is my friend Mark. He literally just got out of jail. He's been eight years for murder. It's was like... Nice to meet you, Mark. Glad you're out. And they showed me a gun. Yeah, we have a gun here and whatever.
1: They walk in there, sit down, and pull out a
0: gun. Right, because Mark told him it was a good idea, to which I say, quote the narrator. It was, not a good idea. it was not a good idea. Again, no. Yeah. But remember, yeah. Tawny is like a, a
1: 11th degree black belt. Like he could kill you. And not only that, Tawny is just trying to run a. bit. He's just trying he's the to adult take. in the room.
0: You have equity in this building. Let him do his
1: job. Right.
0: Right. But of course, now that this happens, like I'm sure they were all coked up, and Mark's yes. like, "Do it! Do it! Do it!" Like, yeah, yeah, really? yeah, And it's like we're not in prison anymore. Like these are not prison rules. This is a business. And Bobby, if you want the percentage, like act like a fucking adult. But now this means that no one wants anything. Thing to do with Bobby anymore. So, of like, course
1: not. Tawny, and like, it's so funny. We hear Bobby tell the story, and then Tommy fully corroborates it. Essentially, Tawny writes Bobby a contract that's like, hey, just sign this paper and then you could go do the fun part of the business that you like to do. Keeping
0: Bobby at arm's length. Yes. So he's still part of Von Dutch, but like keep hanging out with Tommy Lee or whatever it is you do.
1: Right. And so, like a month or so after signing this contract, Bobby finds out that he had in that contract signed all of his rights over to Tawny.
0: Mark shockingly is not a fucking lawyer. Oh Nobody yeah. got like Bobby no no one had a gun to Bobby's head to sign this paper he could have said I'm sure if he said to Tani can you give me like 24 hours I just want to have someone else read this over Bobby chose not to do that right so Bobby's mad at everyone because Bobby made that choice and
1: what happens was he basically in the contract made himself like an employee and then Tani just fired him
0: Bobby's now a quote licensee which means that he sold 20% of his ownership to the company and now he's just like out in the world
1: right and it was only for 10 grand it was definitely shady but Tani's just like trying to keep the company afloat like Bobby is for sure a fucking you come into a business meeting with your friend and a gun you're a liability because
0: now it's not Bobby it's Bobby and Mark right and know what Mark is a wild card and a loose cannon and they're both liabilities exactly so they worked into the contract that Bobby can't work with denim that was like a thing (laughs) that he can't do what does Bobby do goes right to work with denim so Tony's like aha fired he's in breach that's it that's his way to get rid of Bobby and there's an attorney here who's like this it's kind of a brilliant plan that they came up with right they didn't just terminate him they had him enter into a new contract
1: and then terminated
0: and Tony's like, it's not personal, it's business. Like, you signed this piece of paper, you could have had a lawyer read it, you didn't, you broke the rules, you're in breach, bye. And Tony's like, I've invested, at this point, like, two million dollars in millions. this company, like, sorry, girl. And we gotta figure out how to make some sales because I know. you <laughs> hanging out with Tommy Lee isn't fucking working, no. Bobby. Like, it's a, I'm sorry, I know. no one wants to hear it, but it's a business. I'm sorry, but, like,
1: lost days at Tommy Land, like, it's not gonna work for the t-shirt sales. Land. Tommy Land. Grow you know what up. I'm gonna call it, he said on day one, I'm gonna Call it. I'm gonna call it Tommy, Tommy Land. Land. Tom- Pretty cool, right?
0: <laughs> no, no.
1: Tommy Land.
0: And in addition to just like trying to threaten Tawny, and Tawny's like nobody threatens me. Yeah.
1: Again, he's. I back, love we're that gotcha, I got, you, I got you all the way on the Tawny train. You, I just
0: said Tawny. We're <laughs> yeah. back and forth. <laughs> The same thing to Mike Cassell, the one with the German Shepherd. Like yeah. they beat him up, and and Bobby was Bo- like, Bobby and Mark, beat Bobby him up. and Mark, yeah, because they're trying to like burn every bridge. Yes. They're not thinking a step ahead at all. And Bobby's like, no, 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 I was there. I just wasn't there there. Like I was there like in the building, but I wasn't like there there. So right. I really can't speak to the beating. And it's like, Oh my god, Bobby. Right. So here's why they're beating up Mike Cassell just yeah. to like really make it clear. Bobby and Mark are off the rails, yes. and they want Mike Cassell to basically sign over all the rights to Von Dutch because Bobby didn't get a lawyer. To Look at the other piece of paper. Exactly. And he's mad about it, and he—he's like, "I want to do whatever the hell I want. I've earned that now." This is Mark, the toxic friend in his yeah. ear, and so like now they're gonna beat up Mike Cassell for the rights of Von Dutch It is—it is a hat. It's a trucker hat with a patch uh, on it.
1: But it's also this is the guy that like was your father figure for like right, a decade. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? I hate this. And so guy. Bobby is like so off the rails So Mike is like, "Okay, son, uh, <laughs> how about tomorrow you come to the office and we'll sign the paperwork." We'll go to for Johnny ya. Rockets. So they meet at the Johnny Rockets next to Mike's office, and they're in there for like. Two seconds and Bobby's got this like big case that like no one knows what's in it but he's like it's just the contracts but he's basically making Mike sign over the rights to the rest. Ra- and like Mike or Janelle or somebody has called the cops and all of a sudden it's go go right. go go so Bobby's on the ground guns in his face he thinks that Mike has called the cops on him right but it wasn't Mike Mike didn't know anything about the cops Mike was fully willing to sign over the fucking company to I'd, him like be bullied by these yeah. two crazy people remember when Mike was like the scariest one at the beginning of the first episode I know episode?
0: <laughs> right (laughs) Now he has that old little German shepherd. I love him so much. But this is where, remember we were talking about how Bobby's like an unreliable narrator and an exaggerator? This is proof of that. Because after we hear the story, we cut to Janelle, the ex-wife with the champagne sitting on the sea of pillows. Yeah. She's like, "Uh, this feels like a good time to say, Mike never called the cops. Yeah. I called the cops.
3: I did. I don't know if he knows that. I just didn't know what to do. And I did it anonymously, so I didn't know if anybody ever knew that. This was protecting my family. And even Bobby, you know, I just didn't want him to keep going down that road for either of them.
0: I called the cops. I called anonymously. I was worried about my husband. Bobby was a loose cannon. He had this friend. Then cut to Bobby being like, no, no, no. Bob- I- Mike apologized for uh-huh. calling the cops. And that's how I know he called the cops. And it's like, Bobby, your story's full. You're a liar. But it's also
1: like, how do these things get made? You were intentionally asking five different people to tell the same story. I know.
0: How does, this- how does a producer or an editor like put this shit together? I don't know. Are we doing a good job, everyone, telling it? I don't know. <laughs> because then we also hear like one story from five different people and then simultaneously hearing another story that's happening also being told by five different people
1: yeah after all of those shenanigans right so now it's like basically Tawny is running the company and like Mike and Bobby are out essentially right so Mike is gotta bring in like more people so we meet this guy Christian he's this like French guy and we get this like wild story about how he's
0: a fashion designer
1: he's a fashion designer and they wanna like they, they think he's going to be good but they want to like give him a trial run so they're, they're going to hire him to like build a line and it's going to take 30 days and he shows up two weeks later with all these clothes and just throws them on the floor of Tony's office they
0: tell us they're like uh, he designed those flared jeans that everyone right. wore in 2002 and if you that know means what? anything everyone
1: really did wear everyone. those jeans everyone
0: <laughs> and like you look at them now
1: and you're like oh my god they're so ugly they're but they were like everyone thought they were so hot everybody. at
0: the time everybody so of course now that there's another designer, Mike Cassell is super insecure. He's like, I'm the creative director. I thought I was the designer.
1: Yeah. Just to, like, catch everyone up to speed. Right In the company now, it's Tawny is at the head of it. Mike, who's been with us from the beginning, is, like, the creative director. But now there's this French guy, Christian, who's, like, really the real creative designer now. I mean, he was
0: brought in to be a designer and design a line. So Mike is now going off the rails because he's jealous and insecure.
1: Right. And so Christian goes to Tawny and is like, I can't work with Mike. He's, like, demanding changes. Like, I'm the prodigy. He's Selling merch hand over fist. Also, Christian is not easy to work with. (laughs) Again, everyone's stories, everyone's a nightmare. Everyone is a nightmare. But so essentially, Tani says
3: to Mike. I said, Michael, listen, you got to stay away from this process. Just be my partner. Why don't you take your 49% and go to the beach and surf for six months and check out and come back and enjoy the success?
1: Just like collect your earnings. And fucking Mike can't just take the money and no, walk away. he can't
0: just. And Tani's like, think about it. I know. Figure it out. I'll give you a little bit of time. And Mike just can't do it. Because
1: my thing is, like, I, I'm i a worker, too. I never want to, like, go live on the beach for six months' life. But, like, if I built this great company and I had all this success and now it's going in another direction without me, but I'm 49%, take the money and start something else. I know. You
0: know and, what I mean? And because you're miserable, Mike. Yeah. But no one wants to. Because everyone thinks they created the brand and it's their thing. No one. It's a pride thing. No yeah. one wants to let go of Von because quote they created it yeah you can't have six creators if you all weren't in the room at the same time right you can't have all have created it. no but also like things like this evolve right so for the fact that everyone like needs to be the winner is so stupid and short-sighted and
1: i think because we're meeting these people after the fact where they didn't get any money for it so the only thing they have is the claim to having started it right, right that's right. why that's why it's exactly. important to them exactly. you know it's all they have Ultimately, it's not working with Mike because he's just like making life miserable for Christian. And so like Tony, because he's the only one who knows how to read or write a fucking contract, has this like buy-sell option where basically he went to Mike and was like, all right, this partnership isn't working. I'm exercising the buy-sell.
3: It's basically a right to sell or buy, but you have to get reimbursed whatever you put into it. Michael had put nothing into it. I had put 2 million and said, You have to pay me back the $2 million and you get the company or you pay me nothing and I get the company. Now,
1: Tony spent $2 million and he knows that Mike doesn't have $2 million and can't raise $2 million. And so essentially, Tony is exercising his right to take the company and give Mike nothing.
0: Right. And Mike, and he says, Mike, you have two weeks. Yeah. You have two weeks to tell me you want to do this. And after you say, yeah, I do want to buy it back, you'll then have like over a month to give it back. Mike just ghosts him.
1: Because what's so crazy about this? If Mike had read the contract or anybody had read it to him, they would have been like, don't let him spend more money on the company right. than you can pay exactly. him back. Exactly. Because when he's putting two million dollars into the company, he's doing that knowing that at any point he can exercise his right to demand that money back from you or the company is all his. And
0: no one's learning anything. Right. Because this just keeps happening. Like yeah. they keep getting burned by the business and yeah. no one's like, Maybe I should I mean, call one eight hundred lawyer or whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to pay someone five hundred dollars an hour, but Send like Send
1: Rabia a DM, right? she'll get back to you, I promise. No, no she don't, won't. don't do that. Do not don't do that. that. <laughs> Don't do it. (laughs) Don't
0: do it. But, like, no one's learning. (laughs) The same thing keeps happening, and they just keep getting madder and madder, but no one's, like, learning from it or trying to, I don't know, just do better. I know. They're just screaming about how they're the creator. It's just a bunch of babies crying and whining and stomping around. Also, so
1: when Mike gets, like, bought out of the company for nothing. He goes,
2: I was blown, like, in disbelief to have repaid me in the way he did. It was just, it's just, that's where that saying comes from. There's something rotten in Denmark.
1: That's where the expression, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark, comes from.
0: Uh, it's honey, Shakespeare, it's Shakespeare, it's Hamlet. Uh, it's still about, like, corruption I know. or whatever. So There you go
1: again with your private school education privilege. Great, great.
0: Uh, actually, Mel Gibson didn't say that. That Polonius guy did. That's from Clueless. <laughs>
1: uh, so the way episode two ends is, like, now Tawny and Christian are, like, running the thing by themselves. And this is where we get the trucker hat. This is, like, the biggest fucking thing to happen in fashion.
3: We had a bunch of fabric, old, vintage, pinstripe, and herringbone, classic Americana and there was scraps. It'd be 25 feet of something and 10 feet of something. I said, why don't we do trucker hats with this?
0: Basically, they're just getting trucker hats, yeah. sewing the patch onto them, and selling them for $42, $65, the leather $85 trucker hats. Now, I
1: gotta say, they're making the trucker hats out of these, like, scraps of really fucking cool material. Yeah. And when Tani, the head of the company, sees the hats, and the hats are incredible. Like, when you see them now, and you try to put yourself in the mindset of, like, seeing them for the first time, they don't look like a fucking Nike hat. They don't look like, you know, your run-of-the-mill baseball hat or whatever. They
0: were all different colors. They were all different different prints and patterns. Yeah. And because
1: like, uh, yeah, they were like made by a real actual artist and it they look fucking cool. And their suggested retail price is $90. He's like, nah, $49 for the
0: cheapest. For the cheapest, $85 for the leather. And they, he walks in on Monday and he's like, were we robbed? Where are all the hats? And they're <laughs> right. like, no, 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 girl. We <laughs> sold out of all of them. Now, uh, we were just talking about this off mic. I don't remember anything before or since of like the fact that every kind of celebrity from like Whitney Houston yeah. to Britney. Britney Spears to all of these people Halle Berry wearing a trucker hat that is such a singular look yes they were wearing it on every red carpet everything like I don't remember any other piece of clothing or any other brand that had that happen no
1: and they were they talk about it as like before the advent of social media so like when you would see them in the pages of like Us Magazine or whatever everybody you would only see it once a week so you would like run out and have to have the thing that they had but this is where we meet this guy Tracy Mills oh he's awesome and he's basically the celebrity whisperer because his brother's a basketball player so he has access to all these famous his people. His lower
0: third is fashion icon.
1: Yeah, and he makes a deal with Christian. Essentially, Christian gives him a job being like, I'll pay you to bring your famous friends in here. Which
0: is what Bobby Vaughn, the unreliable narrator, that's what he thought he was totally. doing. But Tracy Mills could actually do it.
1: And he was bringing them into the store. They closed the store for three hours for Whitney Houston and Tony has this moment because he's like, she took 50 bags. Is she that okay? She took like
0: two of everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so they ask, like, Tani, the bad news, Exactly. Whitney Houston <laughs> took a bunch of shit to which he replies he
3: goes, have you ever heard her voice have you ever heard her sing like do you remember the bodyguard like give her 30 bags cause he's the best singer I've ever heard in my life and I still get goosebumps but, so Whitney Houston can have 100 bags
1: have you seen the bodyguard? Yeah. Have, have you heard her voice? Have you heard her
0: voice. Give her a hundred bags. Give her the keys to the store. What do you? What do we care? It's Whitney like, Houston. What kind of
1: homosexual response, Tony? Jesus. I know. Christ.
0: Have you seen the bodyguard? I know. So now, but like because of these trucker hats, like that was the thing that finally stuck, and now they're making like hundred and fifty million dollars a year. Yeah, that's how
1: episode two. Ends. And that's what episode two. Ends. Bye.
0: bye, bye. Episode three
1: is called Von Douche. <laughs> Look, this title, I gotta say, like, I like the documentary, but the title of episode three, Von Douche, really, really did it for me.
0: Your girl, Paris Hilton, is back.
1: So, Paris Hilton does that thing where they introduce themselves to the camera. Like, any, like we've done a, to- a couple of these talking heads. you are like, say your name, say your job. Right. Paris Hilton takes it upon herself to say,
4: Hi, I'm Paris Hilton. I'm a fashion icon, a CEO and a boss babe.
1: I'm a fashion icon, okay. a CEO okay. and a boss babe. You lost me a boss
0: babe. <laughs> we went through this 4 weeks of the
1: <laughs> I got to say to call yourself a fashion icon Paris, it's okay if I do it. It's okay if somebody else does it. But to refer to yourself in all seriousness as a fashion icon. You're
0: talking Does she follow us on TikTok? Cuz you're talking to her. I'm like, talking right
1: to you Paris.
0: It's not it's not that you're not
1: a fashion icon. It's just weird to call yourself that.
0: I would be I'm fine with Fashion Icon. Yeah. CEO. Yeah. Great. Boss babe. Tell her. Lost me. I want you to tell her. I'm sorry, Paris, you lost me. <laughs> she doesn't care. She, doesn't she care. like rightly doesn't give a shit what I have to say about her. She no. shouldn't. She should not care at all. <laughs> We do learn that Paris
1: Hilton is, like, responsible for, like, being one of the first to, like, really blow up the brand. Before she went and did that show, The Simple Life, which, by the way, how do I not know every episode of that show? I
0: don't know. That seems right up your alley. I feel like
1: that I was in college or something when that show was on, or maybe I was, like, my first couple of years. I, like, I'm not a big TV person. I feel like someday we're going to, like, have a conversation about the golden age of TV, and yeah. you're going to talk about Succession, and I'm going to talk about The Simple Life. Probably. But, like, they go into the Von Dutch store right before hitting the road for Arkansas or wherever the hell they go. Yeah. And they come out with literally 50 bags of clothes. It's, and becomes their uniform for the whole season. Yeah,
0: Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. And, yeah. and not just their uniform on the show. Every time they were photographed anywhere. Yeah. The jeans, the shirt, the hat. It really was their uniform. And I gotta say the shit is
1: sexy. Do you not agree?
0: Um, it's a look. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about it that the Von Douches, how they would wear it is it was yeah. always like to the side. Uh-huh. And it, was a li- it was like... If you could wear it like effortlessly, but it got to the point, and Paris says this too, where she's like, now I wouldn't even wear it like as a joke, but she loved it so much, but now it became like, and she she says it in, I'm sorry Paris, like kind of a gatekeepy way where she was like.
4: And like, it used to be very cool people wearing it. And then all of a sudden, like this whole like cheesy, random crowd started wearing it. And then it just became not cool anymore.
0: Like, first, like, the rich and famous people were wearing right. it, and then, yeah. like, the normies started wearing it, uh-huh. so it wasn't as cool.
4: And
1: she describes the story as, like, she's like, I've never done this before or since, but one day I just couldn't look at my Von Dutch anymore. Right. And I ran home and pulled it
0: all out of my closet, and I never looked back. Which I understand what she's saying, because then, like, people wore, like, a personality, and uh-huh. it would be, like, to the side and tilted, and then it was like, calm down.
1: Yeah, we're not there. We'll get there in a minute. We're learning that Bobby, the kid that was adopted, like, right. that kid, he is really off the rails now with Mark, and And, like, he's saying he lost everything. He lost his kid. He lost his house. Yeah. And, like, Niels, the money guy, and Tawny, the owner guy, are talking about, like, being in a car, going for their Friday lunch. And Bobby and Mark pull up next to them in a car and pull out a gun. And, like, wave a gun menacingly. Like, how many times a gun got to go off in your pocket accidentally in a Burger King parking lot before you learn your lesson, Bobby? Zero or
0: one. The (laughs) fact (laughs) that that happened and caused the melee and, like, caused murders and this, like, toxic friend Mark to be off in Mexico for however many years, like, enough. Exactly. Uh, enough. But so, like, Bobby and the toxic friend Mark are, like, super pissed about, like, what happened to Bobby with the brand. And yeah. he's like, we lost everything. And I'm like, your friend Toxic Mark definitely lost things yes. by being in prison. But, like, he has no stake in this brand. Mark is really inserting himself that, I, like...
1: There's a lot of drug use happening here yeah. that's not being talked about. Yes. Because they're also living together in this high-rise apartment and Bobby tells the story of, like, one day Mark is just out there losing his fucking shit. Yeah. And Bobby's like, girl, like like, goes out there, tries to hold him again, because uh-huh. that's what they do to calm down, sure. and then all of a sudden, they're on the eighth floor.
2: And he just gave me this look, because be like, when he snapped, there's no words, it was like, he was looking at me, in. and all of a sudden like, dude, next time I'm fucking hanging off the balcony. Uh-huh. It was like that fast of an action, like, whew. so I'm off this balcony, fucking, whew. what's that dude's name, Vanilla Ice, I'm like basically like, Suge hanging me off like Vanilla Ice, dude. I'm like, what the fuck, I'm gonna get dropped, and I'm, I'm done. So I snatch his hair and hold to him.
1: So he grabs his hair, then Mark throws him over his shoulder through a
0: fucking window like into a, the living like room? Like a glass door. Yeah. Again, Bobby's telling us this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I really believe I, believe I mean, the story things because- Things Mark
1: are really escalating. But so
0: what happens is, like, now they have this big fight. Yeah. Now they are just completely going at each other. And Mark supposedly has a gun in Bobby's mouth, like, and, and Bobby's like, whoa, well, wait, wait, do you want to really kill Elijah's dad? Like, Bobby- Elijah's Bobby's kid, baby. and Mark really
1: loves Elijah. So now he's
0: like- and And, like, what again, what Bobby's not saying is that, like, they were totally strung out on whatever they were on. And so Bobby's trying to, like, talk Mark down from this. And Mark's just, like, so mad about Von Dutch and, like, nothing makes any sense. And it's all very high stakes and very scary. And they
1: stay in each other's lives. You know what I mean? Like, that's, to me, the craziest part.
0: Also, my question is, so Eli Jane... Elijah, the baby's mom, is not there. Yeah. Bobby and Mark are having this fight with the gun. Where's the baby? Right. Is the baby at home, just in the next room while this, like, totally scary thing is happening? Like,
1: where is the baby? As a foster parent, I'm like, please just, like, give that baby to, like, a foster parent until you get your shit together. The baby that you're now, like,
0: weaponizing to try to get your life saved by this guy. Like, where's the baby? Where's Where's Elijah?
1: I know. More importantly, where's Paris Hilton? (laughs) Because as far as I know, she's jumping out of a cake at Christian's birthday party.
0: Christian the designer.
1: Yeah, they're at some party party on some boat. Paris Hilton loves the brand so much she agrees to jump out of a fucking cake which is basically the opening act for Lenny Kravitz. Oh my god. <laughs> right.
4: like Marilyn Not like Kelly
1: Clarkson at the Lula Rich convention.
0: <laughs> Katie's Perry's <laughs> as Deanne says. Oh Deanne. But the point is they're really trying to say like Von Dutch was gigantic. Yeah. Million dollar parties, caviar filled tubs to which I say why. I know and it looks disgusting. What is the point of that? They're
4: saying that we were doing probably... Yeah. $150 million a year. We would double, you know, like we were in patterns of just doubling every month. You know, I have brands right now that are trying to double in like five years. It was just exponential, the growth and the speed.
1: She's currently working with companies today in 2022 that are trying to double their sales every five years. <laughs> Von Dutch was doing it every
0: month. Because of the trucker hats with the patches on. I mean, really, that's... And Paris that's... Hills and jumping out of cakes. Right, that's what launched them. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday... <laughs>
1: I hate when people do that. Like, how does Paris have nothing better to do that night?
0: Well, it was her favorite thing. It was her favorite brand, and she was the star of it. Of course she went.
1: I'm telling you, if the Indigo Girls called me right now and was like, can you come jump jump out of a cake tonight, I'd be there. You'd say
0: bye. Again, I would would be doing this by myself. (laughs)
1: at this point we get two stories at once we're gonna tell them separately yeah essentially one of the stories is that Mike the guy that got kicked out to go to the beach for six months and come check on us wouldn't do it and got right. bought out or whatever yes. he is really mad and is friends with the Escobars right. who are like the drug cartel family or whatever yeah and so according to Tani and I believe Tani cause like he has no reason to lie he's
0: sitting there like doing expense reports like he's on like, his having he's the most... his Excel spreadsheet right, to having, death like doing boring business stuff oh, that no one wants yeah. to deal with
1: <laughs> except for Steve loves it.
0: Loves it. The doors get kicked in.
1: Gets kicked in and it's some guy and and like a band of goons show up in his office and the guy is essentially like, my name is Emilio Escobar. I am Pablo Escobar's grandson. I'm here to make you a deal you cannot refuse." And it's a bullshit deal. Remember, this
0: company is making at least $150 million a year. It's like
1: $460 million a year.
0: Even better. They (laughs) offer him $500,000 Five hundred thousand dollars in <laughs> cash for Tawny to walk away, and I'm I like, know.
1: "Excuse, I'm sorry." No, what? the thing is, Mike is saying the story happened. Tawny is saying the story happened. Nobody pins Mike down on was that really fucking Pablo Escobar's grandson? I doubt it. Uh, yeah. I am calling bullshit on the whole thing. Yeah, it, but it was somebody. Yes, like someone was hired sure. to threaten. Yes. to shake down Tawny, who's like a martial
0: arts expert and knows what? business.
1: Right, and this guy who did it had access to five hundred thousand dollars cash because it's in a briefcase on Tawny's desk. Right.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, we're all. So getting this story about Bobby and toxic friend Mark and this is horrible because yeah. Bobby's dating this woman named Nicole. She's an ex-playmate, total sweetheart. Yeah. And Mark... Have you met her? No, Someone calls her a total sweetheart.
1: <laughs> She's innocent like, in all this. Did you guys
0: DM? Like, what's Can you imagine? This? Maybe we will after this. Totally. Who knows? But Mark the toxic... Anything is possible. Uh, I don't know. But sometimes
1: the DMs really surprise us.
0: They do. They sure do. Mark the toxic friend picks a fight with Nicole the girlfriend.
2: I see this whole ordeal going with like Nicole, because Nicole's there, Nicole in I was dating her, and she was a sweetheart. She was an ex-playmate, but like 50th anniversary, and she had these diamond rings they'd given her. And Mark was always like that, take her fucking diamond. Like, I don't want a fucking ring. But I knew it was a ring shit, like he's trying to take a ring, but then I can't, like, diss him, bros over hoes, but at the same time, can't be a bust with her.
1: Everyone is fucked up out of their minds except for the girlfriend. So, like, Bobby is passed out from the drugs and the drinking, wakes up to, like, the girlfriend and Mark having the fight. Then Bobby gets up to go intervene from, like, Mark trying to rip this ring off his girlfriend's finger. And,
0: hit her. Right. Hit Nicole. And Bobby today is like, you know, I can't go against Mark because bros before hoes. Bobby, shut up. Did he
1: say that? Yes.
0: Mark is about to beat up your girlfriend. Yeah. Doesn't matter what Mark is right. doing, honestly. But for Bobby today to be like, Well, you know, I, you know, my hands were tied. What was I gonna oh do? My God. Like that is that you were in an abusive relationship, it's, Bobby. It's
1: this is insane. And so he says he gets in between them and Mark punches him one time, like quick to the face, and like knocks him out. So now he's down on the floor. And the girlfriend runs out of the apartment, gets in her car, and Mark jumps on the fucking hood of the car.
0: Hopefully, Nicole drove away and never looked back and never spoke totally, to Bobby again. Yeah.
1: 1 million that percent. Hopefully that yeah. she's like fuck this. Yeah. So then Bobby's Inside, passed out on the floor, and he sees Mark come in, and he thinks Mark's just gonna like walk by him and go to bed and like no. offer to make him breakfast in the morning.
0: <laughs> Mark breaks maybe up. hold each other a little right. bit. So th-
1: they're always holding each other. He breaks the tequila bottle and tries to fucking shank the guy in the neck.
0: Right. After stomping on him, by the way. Yeah, right. Mark's great. Let's let's keep defending Mark. Totally. Bobby.
1: So Bobby jumps up and like runs to his bedroom and locks the door, knowing that Mark is trying to kill actually him. Actually
0: kill him. And then they get in this fight and like they're knocking down doors, and basically, like one thing leads to another yeah. and bobby ends up killing mark and we hear the 911 call
3: hello hello can i help you hello you're gonna talk this to me south venice. what's There's going
2: shooting it's in the house man is the house or
3: apartment
2: it's in the house i had a shooting 20 south venice
3: is anybody hit sir
2: yes two one person shot dead right now
3: okay you killed him yes dead. okay stay on the line right but, stay on the line one moment
1: He's very much trying to like be as not honest as possible about what happened. But
0: also saying I killed somebody. Yes. So finally. he's like as honest as he can be yes, in, yes. in one sense. Yeah,
1: he like doesn't know what his story is yet. Right. But
0: he is saying, like, no, 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 I I uh, I shot somebody and they're dead. And, yes. and I and I killed them.
1: Yes. Well, put a pin in that story. We're back to Paris Hilton. She thinks the brand was soups oversaturated.
0: Right, and she's not wrong. Yeah. Right? That's she's true. like, to be yeah. fair. And
1: cause there's like lots of knockoffs. Like they're saying like if your main brand is like a logo, anybody can recreate that. And
0: also like the brand is worth over a billion dollars, which yeah. means that the sales are through the roof, which means that everyone's buying them. Exactly. That's ridiculous as an $85 hat is. Yeah. Everyone had it. And so then, like, it wasn't just like the rich and famous people anymore. It was like the normies, and that made it not cool.
1: Right, right. I that's mean, honestly, that's what like they what P- Paris was... And honestly, like, I was buying this shit at TJ Maxx. You know what I mean? Oh my God.
0: Yeah, you're eventually able to buy the Von Dutch shit at TJ Maxx. And now, Christian, the designer, is also going off the rails. He's making kids' clothes and shitty products, and he's just putting the logo on, on everything. everything. And
1: Niels, the money guy, is like.
3: The brand became a parody of itself. And the B celebrities and the circus around it. And I love Dennis Rodman and I love Mini Me and I love all those porn stars. But it's just not rock and roll. It's just not great denim. It's not counterculture anymore.
1: Don't get me wrong, I love Mini Me. <laughs> <laughs> Vern Troyer? <laughs> it's Vern Troyer. He's like, but he's not our, he's not counterculture enough. Right. You know? Right.
0: So they built up this brand and now they're all just like, and now it's ruined. It's too popular. We got yeah. too big and now it's over.
1: And they're saying that like, the thing about brands like this is that they wanted to create a classic thing that like, you know, like with Abercrombie was talking about, you want something that's like just within reach. Uh-huh. So you, it's like people but always want it. still elitist
0: in. and gatekeeping. Exactly. And like
1: Von <laughs> Dutch was just like, if Patrick Hines on like TJ Maxx Cape Cod can buy the hat, then right. like- like we're done we got a year left of this at best
0: gatekeep but make it fashion <laughs> right
1: <laughs> basically towards the end we're back with Bobby who's like has been arrested for killing Mark and he's in prison in LA County and like the other guys in the prison with him are like they put you here for us
0: to kill you right like (laughs) they
1: want us to kill you
0: so he calls this guy Dale who is Dale Gallopo? yeah the Michael Jordan of trial lawyers as he calls himself he's like no one believes me but (laughs) I am
1: I was like the better call Saul of it all oh my god the unearned straight white male confidence of this guy but I
0: gotta tell you so Bobby could go to prison for the rest of his life correct but he doesn't because he's been with us for all three hours right. of this goddamn yeah. thing, so. And
1: the point is, attorney Dale, he's saying to us, very often homicide cases don't go to trial for a year or two. Although there's a speedy trial right, almost always the attorneys and the defendant waive that and continuance after continuance after continuance. I had a different strategy. We're not going to waive any time. We're going to go to trial within four months. I'll be ready. What's the benefit of that? The other side won't be ready. Bobby's like, are you going to be ready? He goes, I will be ready. The other side will not.
0: And basically, it's now a self-defense case.
1: Yes, but I'm also like, wait a second. You're not banking on, like, actual innocence here. Like, an actual self-defense. Oh, no. Case. You're banking on the other team just not being able to,
0: you know what I mean? And also saying, like, painting the picture of what Mark did. And, like, it was self-defense.
1: Yeah. You know? I mean, if what Mark, I mean, like, if Mark isn't Bobby's here se- to tell us his side of the story. I agree. You know? I
0: agree. But as Bobby tells it. Yes. Which he will now tell the people of the court because yeah. he testifies.
1: And the truth of the matter, one more thing I want to say that they don't really address is like how much did the prosecution really care yeah, when not. you're dealing with like a murderer and a, you
0: know what I mean? Like, right. They, like they... that Mark wasn't the best guy. So yeah. what you're saying is that the prosecution was like, eh, who cares?
1: Right. Which I'm not saying is a good thing. I'm just saying like that's another reason why probably Bobby got the result that he did.
0: Right. But they hire this detective to investigate the case basically. Uh-huh. And so like his identity is concealed. We uh-huh. don't see him. Uh-huh. But what he says is like his whole point is like
2: Dale's focus was proving the. Subject defense so we wanted to really look at it with with that set of eyes of,
0: let's show a jury how this was self-defense why was bobby so scared of
2: mark in doing an investigation trying to contact people that had any interaction with bobby they thought he was a nice guy he's not really a gangster you know he's a celebrity gangster
0: He's not a gangster. He's a celebrity gangster. Like yeah. Bobby wanted everyone, including everyone watching this documentary, to think that he. Because every time he tells a story, he's on his feet, uh-huh. and he always wants everyone to know that, like, yeah, yeah whatever. We were fourteen and killing people, uh-huh. and like uh-huh. he thinks that's cool. And this detective, who is, whose identity is concealed, is like he wasn't that at all. Like no. he wasn't some tough guy. Of course, it was self defense. He wasn't,
1: and also. Everybody really liked him. Like he was charming, and he so, told
0: the hell out of that story. Yeah, and
1: like that's what the attorney is saying. Like I put him up there because I knew he could like bring us into the room. He could bring us into like he could bring us into how much he like loved and loved to hold Mark. <laughs>
0: right. You know, and also like how abusive that relationship was. Yeah. Because it really was. Yeah. And at one point, Bobby says like I felt like a you know a woman in this relationship. He says that like
1: eight hundred times. I know. Meanwhile, yeah.
0: it can happen to everyone. Anyone. Of course. Anyone. Everyone. And like this happens in friendships all the time. I've seen it happen.
1: Yeah. And so. He he looks at the jury and tells his story, and the jury. Do
0: you think they allowed him to be on his feet? Like, they allowed him. He was walking... He's up on his feet the entire documentary. You can't do that in a court of law.
1: It's true. He was very animated. But
0: I'm sure he did that only, like, and he's like, if I could get up right now, I would tell you.
1: <laughs> so the jury goes out, and Bobby's attorney says to him, like, all right, it's going to be a couple weeks, just so you know. The jury is back in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. That's usually not a good thing. No,
0: but it's great for Bobby. He yeah. gets off scot free, not guilty of all charges. Anything. Then everyone's like, great. Is this over? No, because we realized in 2004, (laughs) Von Dutch was a fucking Nazi. The real guy. Before he died of liver disease, Von Dutch wrote a letter that remained a secret for years. He wrote, quote, I am not willing to go through it anymore, only to emerge in a place full of, and here he used the N-word, Mexicans and Jews. He went on to say, I have always been a Nazi and still believe it was the last time the world had a chance of being operated with a logic.
1: The final nail in this company's coffin Jesus. is that. What's the guy's name from the beginning? Grumpy Ed. Grumpy Ed, the guy with the lube in the, yeah, in, the, in the in the who was just mad at everyone the whole time. He's mad at everyone. He was the original guy with the patches, right. and he got screwed over and bought out like Asked long it. ago. Gets no money, so the, his. Final act of revenge is to release this letter that the original von Dutch wrote on his deathbed, like in the fifties, literally saying, "I am a Nazi. I am a Nazi." Heil Hitler.
0: Right, and I'm like, fantastic.
1: I mean, it is fucking. But and then you see Tawny, yeah, who's like, his eyes are just so. Everyone's wide. like, fuck. Yeah.
0: But really, I mean, Niels said the the other finance guy basically is like, so when that happens, you just say, Oh my God, yes. you you totally disavow it yes. instantly. Yeah. Because there were these like secret letters that also Grumpy Ed knew about and had for years he, and was still like selling this guy's shit. Totally. He knew that a hundred percent.
1: Everyone here is garbage, but like you never actually see the receipts of the fucking shithead being like, I'm he says the words, I'm a Nazi. Right. He says it, the N-word, he says horrible things. We see the letter. It yes. is crazy. It's crazy. This is the thing where I was like earlier in the day before I got to that part I was trying to find original artwork by him to buy. That's why I
0: said don't get too attached. We're going to hate him in an hour because Tani says wait a minute if Ed always knew that Von Dutch was a Nazi and he was the first guy to slap his name on something ergo
1: Ed must be a Nazi. And also Ed Ed is the first to tell us. If they would have
2: paid me, I would have buttoned my lip.
1: Ed. I would have kept my mouth shut. Like, Ed, you're not saying what you think you're saying. You're trash. You know?
0: And so now Ed is like crying over what Von Dutch would think of what happened. Fuck, he's a Nazi! (laughs) Nazi. Let him cry! That's the nicest thing that could happen to him that he's crying over his fashion brand. I Give couldn't me agree a break.
1: more. So, you know, in the end, we learn that Mike got a hip replacement. He's now sober. Right. And he's ready to launch his next big idea. Tawny sold the business in 2008. He's now a fine art photographer. I'd love to know what he got for the business in 2008. I know.
0: And undisclosed, An
1: undisclosed. And Bobby just wants to live to save lives now.
0: Yeah. But it ends with Tracy Mills, fashion icon. Yes. The guy who could speak to celebrities. <laughs> this is great. Because he's like, look, you know, everyone was coming up to. To me saying that this company was racist and there's no concrete evidence of yeah, it. It's yeah, all hearsay. Yeah. Then we hear from behind the camera, oh, do you not know about, you the, don't letter? Know about the letter? And oh he goes, God. what letter? Please yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. And Tracy Mills has the best reaction because he, he they tell him, he's like, what? Ra- N-word? Yeah, yeah. And he like reads the letter and he basically is like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Yeah.
1: See, so he put it out there in the universe and the universe is like, oh, that's what you don't want? <laughs> Here you go. Here I come in. <laughs> that's
3: why I came in. Like, God is like, oh, okay. I got you. I'm going to bring one.
0: I hope he knows that a black man came into his company and helped make it one of the biggest brands on earth. Yeah. That, good. You know what? I'm glad he's a Nazi. Fuck that guy. No, <laughs> no one's glad he's a Nazi. But Tracy Mills has the best reaction of like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Fuck I that won. Guy. Yeah. I get to be Tracy Mills every day, sure. and that guy has to be a Nazi. <laughs> Tracy Mills wins again.
1: Oh, girl, we did the Curse of the Von Dutch. Uh. Oh, my lord. Christ it was. I know. God, this went on forever. Fam, if you want more Julian and me, and I'll say it again, who could blame you? You know what I mean? <laughs> Go join us on the Patreon. Over 300 full ad-free bonus episodes to download a binge right this second. If we haven't already, we will be uploading our live show from film live at Obsessed Fest. Oh, wow. Uh, it's you are be, in for a treat. You really are. Multi-camera angles, highly edited. It's Fancy so pants. fucking good. Not a Von Dutch hat to BC. Not a Von Dutch hat <laughs> to BC. That is true. <laughs> What are we doing next, girl? All
0: right. Well, it is spooky season, right? Yes. So we are doing the 48 hours episode covering Lizzie Borden. Oh, shit. I know. It's crazy.
1: Oh, my God. I lived right next door to that town in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Really? Yeah. Well, great. So stay tuned for the trailer for that. Our yeah. funny and hilarious outtakes. Yeah. Follow us on the TikTok. It's True Crime Obsessed Pod. Right. Aaron is crushing it over there.
0: Right. And then also the videos are being posted on the Instagram, which is True Crime Obsessed Podcast. That's right. That's right.
1: All right. We love you. We love you.
0: We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. It is a morning like so many
4: other mornings in a small town in New England.
3: A father, a stepmother uh, living with his two adult daughters.
2: Lizzie was seen by the next door neighbor, and the neighbor asked, what's the matter? And she announces that her father has been killed. Law enforcement
4: personnel arrived and found a gruesome murder. Two bodies, a lot of blood. There is a husband downstairs, 10 wounds to his head.
2: And almost half of his face is obliterated. And just on the second floor was his wife. When someone is struck multiple times with a hatchet to the head,
4: that's personal.
0: Everyone can have a friend, and yeah. everyone can have a job doing what they want, as weird as it is. You, there's this something is what
1: I about. love about our Jillian. All she, <laughs> the thing that Jillian goes to bed at night, like, like scared about, is that there are people out there without friends. Who are friends. lonely. I that know. makes me so
0: sad. I lo- I think about that about you all the time. I do. <laughs> I not want to talk about it because I, I feel like there's someone lonely out there. But that's what we're here for. Right. And the internet, too. Like, don't yeah. go to the dark parts of the internet. <laughs> but, like, if there's something that you're super into and you feel like there's no way that someone's into it, there is. That's true. There is. And like, wait, let's it.
1: make it like the good, like the good positive. That's things. what I mean. You don't go I mean? to the dark no, end of the no, internet. No, 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 because you will find those people there. And that, and also you're all keeps gonna get caught. You're all gonna get caught. Emilio Escobar, Pablo, or whatever.
0: You get that name right. You no, end he's up not, dead. He's
1: not Pablo. It's, he's
0: Pablo Escobar's grandson.
1: Does he say his name is Pablo?
0: But it's Pablo Escobar's grandson. That's Pablo. what I was
1: gonna say.
0: Oh, you said Emilio. I'm saying he's Emilio Pablo's grandson. You oh, didn't let me finish. How does it feel? How many times do you say, well, say that? And I'm like, I was gonna. (laughs) When you Google Ryan Phillippe, are they pictures from today or from Cruel Intentions? Be honest with me.
1: Well, yeah. oh! because that's look, so, that hesitation, says Aaron. It all. Show them why, Aaron. It's this picture from Cruel Intentions. That's where I start. But right. this is what Phillippe looks like today. Great. He looks incredible. And, and I'm sorry. Paul, Paul Rudd,
0: please. For yeah, the... Paul Rudd's right there. Great. Okay. Great. It's not as good. I don't think I'm looking. I'm sorry, Aaron. I just made <laughs> your job I'm very difficult. Everyone can be great looking. <laughs>